we'll read together this evening from the Gospel by Mark and chapter 1. The Gospel by Mark and chapter 1. And we'll read two verses, verses 30 and 31. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon or immediately they tell the Lord Jesus of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. Now that's all we shall read this evening from the Scriptures of Truth. We have read of a family crisis, a crisis of ill health, of serious life-threatening disease. And I was thinking that this crisis is a picture of the crisis of every sinner, those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Saviour. We read that this woman was very sick indeed. Dr. Luke tells us she had a great fever. And I want you to think of how a fever starts. It starts very, very small. One little microorganism that you cannot even see. And then suddenly that multiplies in the body. And what happens after that is that the thoughts become confused. And the body becomes restless. And the patient becomes weak and in danger of death. And so we see that a fever, tonight at least, is a little picture for us of the effects of sin. Do you remember how sin started in the garden in Genesis chapter 3? One little act of disobedience, of independence, one little act of saying no to what God had said, and the devil was busy, of course. The devil is in the deception business. The devil is in the demolition and destruction business. And the devil came along to Eve. And Adam and Eve had been told there is a tree and you must not eat of that tree. And the devil came and he deceived. And he said, casting doubts upon the word of God, hath God said? She should have replied, yes, God has said and I will not do it. But the devil was planting seeds of doubt in the mind of this dear woman. And what did she do? She took of that forbidden fruit and she ate of it and she gave her to her husband when he arrived. And he did eat. And that little act, it wasn't a small thing indeed, it wasn't a little thing. It was an act of independence. That's what sin is. Independence from God. I'll go my own way. I'll do my own thing. What God says I will disregard. I may have my doubts, but I will certainly disregard it even if I understand it. And we see how sin began in a very small way, Genesis chapter 3. By Genesis chapter 4 you have a murder, the first murder. By Genesis chapter 6 things have increased so much and multiplied so much that indeed God is tired of what he's saying, if I could use that expression. When God looks down upon the eyes, with his eyes upon the hearts of men, they're only evil continually. How sin spreads. I remember hearing the story of a little boy at a children's meeting. 
And the preacher called him up. He said, son, listen, what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to tie a thread around you. And then I want you to break it. And the wee boy was delighted because he thought he was quite a strong wee boy. So the preacher tied him round with a single strand of thread. Now he says, son, break it. And the wee boy just did that. And then the preacher said, all right, come, just wait. He tied that thread a couple of times round the wee boy. Try again, son, break it. Break the thread. So you can see the wee boy. <coughs> he did it. And then the preacher took the same little thin thread and wound it around again and again and again. Now, son, break the thread. And the wee boy went. And he went. And you can see his wee face growing red and the perspiration coming on his brow. And he couldn't break it. That's just like sin. Starts very small, but soon it has a grip upon us. And all of us are sinners. I hope we know that now. All have sinned. That's you, that's me. That's the boys and girls, that's the preachers, even those, all of us who are Christians. We look back to that understanding that all of us were sinners and we needed to be So sin starts very small and spreads very quickly and the body becomes restless. You look out in the world today, people are restless. They're seeking satisfaction. They're seeking this and that and they're not finding it. Because without Christ you've missed the very best. Men and women are restless today in the world But there's another sad thing about a fever, as I have mentioned. It's life-threatening. When I was a young doctor in hospital, in the cardiac ward, we would get the call. It didn't matter if we were in the middle of a delicious dinner in the restaurant. It didn't matter where we were if we were in the middle of a wonderful sleep. We jumped up. We just grabbed the stethoscope and we ran why? It was a matter of life or death. Now sin has that effect. And the devil is in, as I said, in the business of deceiving us and destroying us. And the wages, I know the boys and girls know it, the wages of our sins is death. Separation from God forever And when I was a little boy, this was something that really, really troubled me, sometimes to tears. My mother and father were saved. They knew the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Their sins were forgiven. They were going home, but I wasn't ready. I was still in my sins. And if I died in my sins, I would be lost and lost forever. This really troubled me. The idea of being lost forever. No way back. No way back. Lost forever. Oh, the effects of sin. But in our little story, what happened? Oh, I love it. They told him of her. That's the best thing to do. To tell the Lord Jesus Christ about sinners. Some of us have already been gathering. Just to tell him of those of you who still need a saviour. And what did he do? I love it. He came. He came. Sometimes you call the doctor and he doesn't come. But he came. 
He didn't need to come. Three times over in the Gospels, he was able to heal from a distance. But we see his grace. He came. He came near to her. He came. Oh, thank God he came for us. The Bible says this. That the Lord Jesus Christ came down to Bethlehem. There was no room for him there. He grew up in Nazareth. There was no room for him there. He went at last to Jerusalem. There was no room for him there. They said away with him, away with him, crucify him. We will not have this man to rule over us. The Apostle Paul tells us this. He came down. You see the Lord Jesus Christ was the highest in heaven. He couldn't move higher. He could only come down. And down he came. He made himself of no reputation. You see the seven downward steps of the Lord Jesus. He made himself of no reputation. But took upon him the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of man. He came down. And being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself. And became obedient unto death. How far down he has come. Even the death of the cross. Oh I love those words of the little hymn. Down from the glory the Savior came. Down to the cross and the death of shame. Gazing in wonder I there exclaim. Jesus died for me. Oh that you could see that he's come for you. He came. John tells us why the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. The Father sent the Son to be a propitiation, a sacrifice for our sins. The Father sent the Son that we might live through Him, that we might have eternal life. He was manifested to take away our sins. He was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Thank God He came. He has come close. He has drawn near. To us in our need. He said the son of man is come. To seek and to save. That which was lost. I am not come to call the righteous. But sinners to repentance. I am come that they might have life. And that they might have it more abundantly. My dear friend I don't care what you have. In the world. Outside of Christ you have nothing. It won't last. You'll leave it all behind. But those who know Christ as their Savior have something eternal. I have come to give them life. Life abundant. Eternal life. The life of God. All because he came. Thank God for the Lord Jesus. He came. But he went down, 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 down. To the cross. Oh the darkness. Oh the loneliness. Oh the shame. Oh the pain. Oh the suffering. Oh the thorns that crowned his brow. Oh the nails that pierced his hands. Oh the back that bore the scourge. Oh the side riven by the sword. He came to die for you and me. 
The Son of Man is come to seek and to save. Christ Jesus came into the world right where we were. He drew near, he came. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And the Apostle Paul was very wise. He says, I'm the chief of them. That's how I feel about myself, says Paul. I'm the chief of sinners, and yet he came to save me. Now, if he came to save the chief of sinners... Then he's come to save you as well. Thank God that he came. His grace. What happened on the cross? John could say, Behold the Lamb of God that bears away the sin of the world. Doesn't cover it up. He bears it away. Our sins were laid upon him. He has borne them away. He has paid the price. He has suffered the punishment of our sins upon the cross. And as far as the east is from the west, an immeasurable distance, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. We who have believed upon him, he has come to take away our sins. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Paul says of whom I am chief. He came. That's his grace. And then what did he do? Oh well he took her by the hand. That's his gentleness. The Lord Jesus Christ was gentle with sinners. Sinners who acknowledged that they were sinners. Sinners who admitted to their sin and would not deny it. But those who in their weakness and in their need looked to him. Oh how gentle he was with them. One day they brought a woman to the Lord Jesus. She had been caught in the very act of adultery. They brought her in all her shame before the Lord Jesus. And the Pharisees and scribes were wondering if he would do what the law said and stone her. He looked at them all and he says, Though the one who is without any sin, let him cast the first stone. Of course they were all sinners, as we are all sinners. One by one, from the greatest to the least, they filed out. And here's this sinner woman, caught in the act of sin. She couldn't deny it. The Lord Jesus Christ looked upon her in love and spoke to her with gentleness and with grace. He says, I don't condemn you. Go, sin no more. I believe he forgave her that day. And he wants to forgive you. He was gentle with sinners. Those who did not deny their sins. Lord, save me. He saved them. He would love to hear that cry from you tonight. You're a sinner and you need salvation. Salvation has been provided. The work is finished. The price has been paid. The ransom has been found. The debt has been cleared. You've got nothing to do but look to him. Acknowledging that you're a sinner and you will be saved. Lord save me, cries Peter. Immediately stretched out his hand. Lifted him up. Out of the danger. Oh, he took her by the hand. 
is gentleness. I want to issue a warning this evening on the authority of God's word. There is no salvation for those who deny their sins. I want to repeat that. There is no salvation for those who deny their sins. Secondly, there is no salvation for those who refuse the Savior. I hope you've got it. I say these things to help you to understand that you need Christ as your Savior. He has done everything. He has come. He has drawn near. He wants to take you by the hand. How great is the Lord Jesus. How great he is. And then the third thing. And this shows his greatness. He lifted her. Wonderful to see the life-giving, life-transforming message of the gospel in the lives of men and women and boys and girls. What a change Christ brings. He lifted her up. And even more wonderful, having lifted her up, immediately, the Bible says, the fever left her. Salvation happens immediately. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to save up and pay for it. It's just looking to Christ who has done all, acknowledging your sin. Oh, that you would acknowledge it this evening. Flee from the danger that is coming where your sin will take you just like a great fever. And look to Christ tonight. He's able. He has come near. He wants to take you by the hand if you let him. He wants to lift you up. What a change. And the Bible says immediately the fever left her. And not only that, but she ministered unto them. Saved to serve. To serve him who had healed her. And those of us who know the Lord Jesus, we believe the same. We have been saved to serve. I want to close tonight by telling you how I got saved. It won't take very long because it was very simple. But it might be a help. I was brought up in the north of Ireland. My parents knew the Lord. Sadly they hadn't been walking closely with the Lord. But they made sure that I was sent to Sunday school. Where I learned the verses. Where I heard that I was a sinner and I needed to be saved. I was just a wee boy. But this began to trouble me. I'm not saved. I was told if I die without Christ, I will be lost forever. And those words forever troubled me very, very much. But the day came as a little boy that I decided I want to be saved. I need to be saved. We went along to a gospel meeting just like this. I'll never forget the big preacher. I love him dearly. He's now in heaven. His name was Mr. Sammy Thompson, a big tall man with white hair. He was a policeman, you see. He had to be tall to be a policeman in the north of Ireland. He was tall, white-haired. He was an old man there. I don't even remember what he said, what he spoke about. But after the meeting, as we were going out, I said, Mr. Thompson, I'd love to be saved. So we went into the hall and we sat down. And he read some verses to me. And he prayed. 
And then he said, Clark, do you understand that the Lord Jesus Christ has died for sinners? I said, yes, Mr. Thompson. I learned that in Sunday school. And then he said to me, Clark, do you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ, do you understand and believe that he died for you? For the first time in my life, I realized I am a guilty sinner. Oh, yes. But Jesus died for me. And that was that. Salvation. How did you feel? Oh, I tell you, I remember it well. When I go home to Dundonald, back to that little hall, it's a new hall now, but I look at that corner there in the back left-hand side, where for the first time in my life I realized I'm a guilty sinner, but Jesus died for me. I was just bubbling over. Who wouldn't be happy to know their sins forgiven? Who wouldn't be happy to know now I have eternal life? Christ is my Savior. I'm on the way home to heaven. All is well. I ran up the door of the, the door of the house. It was a glass door. I didn't care. I banged on the door. Mummy, mummy. I got saved tonight. I was seven years of age. You say seven? Yes. But you didn't know very much. No, I didn't. But I knew enough. I'm a guilty sinner, but Jesus died for me, and it was real. And there was great rejoicing in our home, great rejoicing in heaven over one sinner, a little boy of seven and Donald, all those years ago. He realized he was a sinner, but Jesus died for me. Oh, I remember the Monday morning going up to my school teacher. I'd written it down in my diary. I got saved on Friday night. I went up to her, Miss McEwen, I've got something to tell you. I was saved on Friday night. She just looked at me. Sar, sar, sar. She didn't know what I was talking about. I was never her favourite, but less her favourite that day when I told her. Ah, yes. She didn't know what I was talking about. It was real to me. Real. That was a lot of years ago now. I've known the Lord Jesus as my Savior for over 50 years. Oh, and he just grows more precious every day. I am a guilty sinner, but Jesus died for me. What joy, what a change that Christ brought into my life and is still bringing. He's still my Savior and he will take me safely home. Thank God he came, his grace Thank God for his gentle touch, he took her by the hand. Thank God for his greatness, he's still able to save. All that come unto God by him. Seeing he ever lives, he ever lives. You see, he's a living saviour, you know that, don't you? He died. His enemies would have rubbed their hands, that's the end. It wasn't the end, it was just the beginning. For on the third day they went along to the tomb. The angel said, He is not here. He is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. The Lord Jesus Christ tonight is a living, glorified, exalted Savior. But he will draw near to you 
He will touch you. He will lift you up. He will save you tonight. But you've got to be willing. Acknowledging that you are a sinner. And acknowledging that he is able to save. He has finished the work. And he won't refuse you. He won't refuse you. What a wonderful saviour is Jesus my Lord. That was my mother's favourite hymn. And before she died she said I want you to sing it at my funeral. She told us how to sing it. She says I don't want you to sing it too fast. So we sang it. A wonderful saviour is Jesus my Lord. A wonderful saviour to me. Thank God he came. Thank God for his gentle touch. Thank God for his greatness. He lifted her up and she was completely and immediately cured. He can do the same for you tonight. Shall we pray?